We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D. And With now we're recording. Control. I definitely wasn't yelling at you right before this. Um, nope. We are a good team. <laughs> Team go team. Teamwork. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome Sports to the Cave podcast. This is an extra special episode. I'm your host, Terry Smith. With me, as always, are the two halves of the Slavenly Trolls. First up, we have Lissa. How are you doing, Lissa? I'm doing excellent. And Thank you for not yelling at me. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and and we have Charday. Hi, yeah. I am doing like one degree less than excellent but still pretty okay that's pretty good that's pretty good that's what a third cup of coffee will do for you um oh get that third let's get on the hype train let's get that caffeine rolling (laughs) let's go i've already had that caffeine trip yeah i had a a cup of coffee (laughs) i've had a coke zero i'm on my second cup of coffee and uh i'm feeling good um, <laughs> and this if you don't know this is the podcast where we talk about all the D news you need to know about and some of the stuff that you don't ttrpgs in general but we're not doing any of that shit today okay it's not happening today is our bits and bobs spectacular lissa was kind enough to not tell any of us that she reached out to our community <laughs> and said hey give us all the projects you're working on you son of a bitches and we'll talk <laughs> about it and uh they did <laughs> they came out of the fucking wood work and they came out with some cool stuff um we can't go over everything so if you get admitted i apologize maybe it just wasn't podcast friendly maybe we'll get to you on a future episode and we plugged everything over on our twitter at cave trolls pod so if you like any of the stuff you're hearing here but you want to see it in context go check it out over there and check out some of the other projects that got left behind plus there's just some new stuff in general um from companies putting out and publishing so we have lots of cool projects to talk about this week and uh without further ado let's get started um the to start with we're gonna go over children with wands um this one was exciting uh partly because i'm a dad and i play uh rpgs with my kids but in general this one was exciting does anyone want to talk about this one or should i jump into it I think you can go into it. Okay. Yeah, jump into it. Children with Wands is a rules-like, cooperative tabletop role-playing game about a group of young children living in an idyllic fantasy world who have just come into their magic. However, as children, they lack the control over how powerful the spells they cast are. This will often lead to interesting complications. Complications that you and your friends get to solve with more magic. Um, Instead of using a normal dice-rolling thing, uh, this has a really interesting little chart that goes, okay, this is what you cast. These are the consequences for what you cast um i think it might still use a d20 um roll it's still in testing so you can check it out on the website link below but i like the idea that it's centered around kids with magic and specifically this is a system that's talking about the consequences of your actions which is really good to go over with children it's a really good way to show them the implications of a dice game and you know role playing in general um but i really like the pitch for it it's still early stages the game's not complete but you can download the test um and check it out um trying to get the creator's name uh up here so they can check that out um while i'm looking for that what do you two think of the idea behind children with wands i think adults need to also learn that i was just same picture same brain when you said children i'm just like i 
I ha children. I know many adults uh, who have still yet to learn this lesson. Um, I don't think it's just children, Terry. No, no, no. See, no. I was gonna be I was gonna be meaner, and I was gonna say, "Yeah, Alyssa, you need to learn." <laughs> I mean, I I could have said that, but um, you know, I'm the nicer host of the Slovenly Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're gonna introduce you from now on. Alyssa, you're the nicer host. Um, I agree that more adults need to learn this. However, my point is, it's really it's a lot easier if you address it with children earlier on. Um, and then as they grow into adults, they have better lessons. <laughs> My children are way better than I am because we get to teach them things earlier on. Um, but I, I do agree that you can use this. And that's partly what I was going to take from it, too, is I can use that chart as a handy playtest. I'm just going to use it in my D&D game. Um, uh, in between. So in between the actual release and the current build of uh children with wands i'm going to test it out just in D, &D. uh but it came from joe kira um at worth a sandwich <laughs> over on twitter um so go check that out really cute artwork too if you um uh have checked out the show i think it's called slumber camp uh island or sleepaway island uh anyone know what i'm talking about am i just talking to nope nope no nope. Idea. no idea it's uh, Summer Camp Island. It's a really cute show on Cartoon Network and HBO Max about um, this like magical sleepaway camp. All the kids have magic and they're they're different like magical creatures, but they're at a you know a summer camp. It's really really cute and uh, a lot of fun, and it has like the exact same vibes. So if you mm. if you like children uh, children with wands, you should check out uh, Summer Camp Island. You gotta go yeah, watch some cartoons, like guys. Come on. I mean, I watched them, Terry. I watched them when I was a kid. Um, I Listen, <laughs> stop growing up. The world yeah, is awful. Go watch cartoons. You ever watch, watch Craig of the Creek? Prince. It's great. Dragon Prince is I also think, awesome. But I think I've grown too much because I tried reading a young adult, um, or I am reading a young adult fiction book now, and I got angry and told Charlie about it because it's not realistic terry <laughs> man there is something about young adult books Every, like someone will like give me this awesome pitch and they'll go but it's a young adult book and I, I i like cringe a little bit because sometimes it's it's you don't notice it sometimes you read it and you're like oh like sure this might be a little bit more palatable it's first person or something and a younger audience can also enjoy this um but sometimes what they mean by young adult is only people who have not fully developed their frontal lobe will enjoy this yeah it's literally yeah it's <laughs> made for them it's young adult fiction it's made for people who are under the age of 25 usually but adults also get like enjoyment out of it too no it's but sometimes though sometimes what it is is oh you haven't experienced good stories before so i can write this poorly is sometimes what young adult is classified as is my is also, my point also this one's just um but the specific thing that made me angry was um you start off and this is no spoiler for the book and i'm not gonna even tell you you haven't even said it. what the book is so yeah um so this woman has be clearly gone through quote-unquote shit um and uh so she has you know she's been sort of beaten and um uh scarred and has like boils on her feet and has been imprisoned for the past year uh, so she comes out of prison. She has boils on her feet. They make it very clear she has boils on her feet. And then they tell her to put on shoes. She puts on shoes and then she walks. I'm like, you have boils on your feet. How did you put on shoes and begin walking? Oh, man. But that's my point. It's like some young adult books is like, it's awesome. It's written to a younger audience. It's really cool. Sometimes it's, hey, I didn't feel like writing a book well enough that I thought adults would like it. So I targeted people who don't know better. That's that's what I was saying. It's 50-50 sometimes with young adult books. But then I, 
then again, it's also 50-50 for adult books. I and was about to say, like, you, I've seen that in adult books. Too. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. And I think that it's me pigeonholing a little bit. However, in my opinion, I see it more often in books that are targeted towards children. Not necessarily because people who write for adults are always smarter, as much as I think there are some people who just try not as hard when they know they can target a younger audience. Um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go back to children with wands real quick. I, I brought the website up so I could read verbatim. So I'm not messing it up. There is in fact a D20 roll in most D20 based tabletop RPGs. The players will roll dice to determine how well your character performs. Traditionally, the higher you roll, the better you do in children with wands. You instead roll to determine how powerful your spell is going to be that you cast Ooh. And a high roll is not always good. Cause that comes with bigger consequences. That's the idea behind it. And it was coming back to me too. And I was like, Oh, I said that right. I remember reading this the other day. So, um, um, I really like that idea. And there's also a really handy, like, uh, chart on the front page if you want to do, like, the basics of how to play. So definitely go check that out. Um, and moving on to the next game, and we're not talking about YA books anymore, damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, this is Locked Layers and the Puzzles That Keep Them. Um, this is a puzzle book for all TTRPGs. Basically, what this has is a book full of really interesting puzzles um, that you can throw into your games, any game that you're playing, any TTRPG. And it has like a really good guide of, hey, this is... This is the type of puzzle it is. This is what it adds. Like, not just the context, but, like, this is the type of puzzle. It's really cerebral, or this one's really ethereal. Um, and, like, what it could do in the context that you could throw it into. So, like, this one's great in a labyrinth, or really great if you have a BBEG. And it, like, it has a little, like, short guide for dungeon masters. You're like, ah, I want to throw it in, but I'm not quite sure... I want to read through a hundred puzzles to pick one. They kind of have it segmented of, Hey, this, this would be really good in this type of situation. Um, which is pretty helpful. Uh, and that comes from the theory craft, uh, team. And I think you can buy it right now. I believe it is available or it's being kickstarted right now. Let me see. It's being kickstarted right now and you can back it over on Kickstarter and get it for $17, $21. Nice. What is that symbol there? Is that 17 euros? Pounds? Pounds? I see pounds. Pounds, thank you. Pounds. I got to get more educated. Hashtag it's just Hashtag UK things. Uh, <laughs> hashtag UK things. Reading directly from the Kickstarter. Great powers and dark secrets require protection. Those that possess such treasures rarely display them aloft or keep them to hand. Such exceptional exceptional items are hidden from sight, concealed with deception, bridged by acts of great skill, or locked behind feats of intellect and knowledge. Or at least they should be. Uh, all too often PCs encounter mages, locks, mechanical marvel, or arcane aegis just to solve, destroy, circumvent, or cheat it faster, and then even the most skilled should. Occasionally, PCs should encounter a barrier that confounds them or puzzles them that supports the DM's exaggerated claims it has stood uh, since ages past and bested the greatest minds capable of making the journey. So, um, here's some like serious puzzles for you. Uh, I, that's a bold claim. Um, that your puzzles are going to be harder to solve than everybody else's, but I like the work they've put into it. I love the art, and the team looks like it's cool, and uh, people have backed it. So um, that does give me a little bit more hope from people that have uh, checked it out. 145 people have backed it, and they've done nine other uh, projects before. Are you too interested in locked layers? I am not the biggest puzzle person, Mm -hmm. but it does look really cool for people who love that kind of gameplay for sure. 
Um, the thing that like interests me, because I also like the puzzles I use are usually a little bit more cerebral, like riddles or something like that. But also, I create a lot of puzzles. Like I hand you like a physical clue has always been my way to go about that. That's not always possible. Yeah. It's not always like feasible to do either. I like this because if I'm going to do a puzzle, I am just going to look up a better puzzle. I know I'm not going to create <laughs> one as good as someone who really likes puzzles, for instance, right? And yeah. This one has really good diagrams, really good artwork inside. And like I said, it explains the puzzle to the GM and then explains it to the party in different ways and gives you an idea of what kind of context you should throw in there and mm -hmm. what kind of themes are built around it. And it separates them into difficulty levels. So they're like, That's this one's really yeah. easy if you have people that don't do puzzles. And then this one is like, if you got that one dude at the table that fucking like cracks codes for the FBI, give him this level three puzzle. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, this kind of works for somebody who has people who love puzzles, I think, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. at their table. Or even maybe somebody who's starting off who as, as like a DM who isn't maybe sure how to run puzzles, if it gives like both um, the actual way the puzzle works and what you tell the players. Yeah. Because that kind of gives you an idea of how much information do I reveal from people who I think know more about puzzles because they made a puzzle book. Yeah, it's so smart. And like like I said, it's, it's indexed by difficulty, type, location, recommended classes, which I thought was another really good one. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Where it's like, this has a strength-based yeah. component. We don't have anybody that's strength-based, you know? Like, yeah. like, that kind of thing is often left out of puzzles. And, like, I've had people fail puzzles because they're like, I don't know how we're supposed to do that. And I'm like, I don't know how you were supposed to do that either. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're all barbarians. And I'm like, here, solve this math equation. You're not going to do that, right? Um, so that's fair. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, you can back that over on Kickstarter. Locked Layers. Moving on. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, I should probably bring up my little document here so I can just follow along myself. Um, <laughs> this comes from D&D. &D. Uh, they make 5e homebrew every week over on Patreon, and then a week later it's available to purchase. Um, but if you subscribe to their Patreon, you can pick up their, uh, their stuff a week early. Um, D'Artagnan does a bunch of different, uh, ones. They listed the, the Draconian race, which is a little bit of a different take for, uh, like Draconian like enemies. And it looks like playable race, uh, if I'm correct mm -hmm. here. Also, I think some of them were free, even though oh, they were okay. on their Patreon. Um, there were Perfect. a lot of free things there as well. Heck yeah. Which, so maybe you just get yeah. it a week early if you're on the Patreon and then you mm -hmm. can go download their, their 5e homebrew elsewhere. Um, some of the homebrew stuff was still on Patreon, but it was just free. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so you just, just go on go. there because it's it's not tied to like a tier or anything. I don't think. Oh, so, so I'm gonna bring up D'Artagnan's tweet right here. So, um, I have a Patreon where I release five e homebrew for free every week. My patrons get them a month before everyone else. So if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get them a month yeah. early. Um, this past week they got monster hunting weapons, and tomorrow they get new firearms. And then I mentioned the 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 draconian. Draconian is a hard word for me. My stutter comes back. Like. <laughs> <laughs> felt it um the draconian uh race there um is the other one that they tweeted at us so that's really cool they put a lot of work into this um the design looks nice yeah it looks really cool yeah like it's clean and i didn't see a lot of problematic things in there i haven't read all of their content so take all of the stuff that we're plugging with a grain of salt we we did not read every single one uh of these we mostly did vibe checks but all of this looks pretty cool. So D'Artagnan, um, you can I have their Patreon linked, and you can follow them on Twitter at D&D. 
Um, and it's DND, no ampersand. So do it, damn it. Also, just do it like good Three Musketeers reference. I love a good D'Artagnan. I don't think Twitter handles allow an ampersand. I don't think they do. Most things no, don't. don't it's so that. frustrated when you talk about D and D stuff and you plug it in, and then I'll see like our uh, like a transcript or our, our summary or whatever, and it's like D, and then like how they have to like it's like a fifteen character code to put an ampersand. It's yep. like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ah, yeah. fuck. It's so annoying. I'm like, I should have just said D and D, but then it's like, well, that, but it's not an and. It's an ampersand because they're closely oh. related. That's what that means if you don't know. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, <Nerd>. man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you have two degrees in that goddamn shit. Yeah, uh, that's bold of you to assume. <laughs> <laughs> ampersands with two degrees uh, in writing. You know what I always get? Like, people are like, oh, you're a writer. You don't do that. I'm like, listen, I know where the semicolons go. I don't think that mm-hmm. you give a shit. So I didn't put it. My nephew corrected my grammar at some point. I, I didn't put a period. And I never do. YouTube <laughs> messages with me all the time. Like, my messages to people, I don't give a shit about. When I write, my stuff is appropriate. But when I text, yeah. I don't do that shit. And he corrected something yeah. in there. I was like, listen. I do this for a living. If you want to start picking this apart, it's going to go two ways, and you're going to be very unhappy. So now <laughs> I send them back, like, a graded paper every time he messages me. Um, and I'm like, okay, um, you go fix that stuff and come back, and then we'll have a conversation. Um, anyways, moving on, the Dragonlance Companion. This comes from Splinterverse. Um, they have an entire companion for the Dragonlance setting, um, and it just came out today. They were announcing it last week, and they tweeted at you, but it came out today, December 6th. So it's a 180-page Dragonlance Companion. Um, it's available over on DMs Guild, and I'm going to read directly from it. Uh, let me bring it up right I now. I posted the link. Well, fine. I'll click on your link instead of bringing up my own link, <laughs> damn it. That's the one I already had up. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> thank you, though, Liz. I appreciate need it. Me anyway. The authors of the platinum best-selling Feywild Companion and Fisbin's Vault and Draconic Secrets bring you a 180-page book over six months in the making. The world of Corinne is yours with the Dragonlance Companion. Players and DMs will find everything they need to create compelling characters and undertake exciting adventures across Ancelon and beyond. Includes three classic races, including three sub-races, 13 subclasses, including one for each class, two backgrounds with seven feats, 19 spells, 16 magic items, six legacy items uh, that evolve based on your actions, 100 trinkets. I love that evolve with your actions. It's my favorite type of magic item. Yeah, I love that. Um, mm. Nine monsters and 44 stat blocks, 21 deities and piety and herald items that improve with piety, two adventures, tier one and tier two, two encounters, 70 adventure hooks, time travel options, and a bunch of other partridges and pear trees and some digital tokens and things to go along with your purchase. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a and lot. Um, it's a lot for, let's see what the price is. $20. $20. That's a lot for $20. Um, especially if you like Dragonlance. Um, yeah. Is that officially licensed? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know how that necessarily works. I'm assuming it's all on the up and up. They've done these things before. Um, it's got some pretty good reviews. People seem to like it. I recommend it if you like Dragonlance. I don't know too much about Dragonlance. I haven't read one of those novels since I was like 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A whole fucking lifetime ago. I'll cry about that later. Um, are you too interested <laughs> in the Dragonlance Companion? I know you've done your research have- on Dragonlance, so. A little bit. And like, I'm, I'm curious how this is going to um, jive with the Dragonlance that's being published by wizards i was gonna say the same wizards, thing. wizards is like releasing dragonlance 
like soon. Like they just Hallow announced soon. another early, book. Yeah, early early access. I think on D and D Beyond happened like a week ago. Yeah, but the um, release I think happens in the next week or two. I think so. I'm really curious as to see how they play together. And um, this is clearly a passion project, so I do really, really like it and want to want to check it out, especially for those items that level up with you, because I'm always looking for ideas like that. I fucking love is, those. Those are so cool. They're the best. I love those kinds mm-hmm. of things. And I'm, so. I'm excited for that. I If it's not officially licensed, there's a good chance sometimes, like, the stuff that is officially licensed isn't as good. Um, exactly. And it's not as, like, yeah. I mean, not, not to say yeah. that Wizards isn't passionate about what they do, but there's just such a... There's just such a different, I keep saying vibe this episode, but there is such a different, a different vibe, vibe when it's yeah. coming from a fan and it's just, they publish it on DMs Guild, they put all their heart and soul into it, whether it's just one person or a team, like, I just think, yeah, it's just not to say that one is better than the other in any instance where in some instances it is, but some instances it's not. There's just a whole different vibe and like, a, it's like a warm, fuzzy feeling. Like, oh, this person loves us so much and they created this thing and now I just want to see it to support their love for this thing, you know? Yep. It's, okay. uh, it's what comes up with like Digimon stuff all the time where I'm like, oh, I love these, mm-hmm. but I would buy the officially licensed one in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I get more stuff that's official, but the fan made ones have so much more love in them. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, listen, what were you going to say? I just saw the words Path of a Dragon Barbarian. <laughs> um, and I'm just, uh, I have feelings. Listen, I, when are I, you going to start running stuff for us to play online? You got to run it. You got to do it. I believe in you. Let's go. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run something for you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, sent you, I sent you the One Ring books, right? Like, let's do this. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Let's do I have to buy the Dragonlance Companion and send you that too? Uh, well, let's start with one ring first and see how that... so I a quick anecdote I got invited to play Thirsty Sword Lesbians last week and I'm really excited Ooh, to play yeah. and this person just knew that I had plugged it they knew that I talked about it and they had bought it on my recommendation so I was really excited oh. and they are like so yeah you're gonna come play right and I didn't have the heart to tell them like I don't like playing Powered by the Apocalypse I smiled said yeah. yes <laughs> So I'm going to play Thirsty Sword Lesbians next week. But I was like, ah, oh, no. So, so yeah. So. so proud of you for, you know, gritting your teeth and actually playing it anyway. Uh, it's like if I talked about a, a lot of the people that are playing have never played a TTRPG before. So it's very good oh, for that group. Nice. Um, That'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. They're like looking to me. and I was like, don't look to me, man. I don't know any of the rules of even the games I do play. <laughs> That's why I run it. I don't have to know the rules. I go, Shard, does that do that? And she goes, yeah, look at your GM screen, you dummy. <laughs> I think that's only happened once, but it was very funny when it happened. <laughs> I don't even remember what mechanic it was. It was just, I think it was just like what happens when somebody's paralyzed. I'm like, it's on your DM screen. So it's happened twice because <laughs> it was that, but there was another time where I said, what was the conversion for the gold? Um, it it's might not have been DM's you. It might have been somebody else, <laughs> but it was you're like, it's on there. Um, anyways, next up, this comes from ornamental.com slash burnaway. Um, burn away, uh, or in burn away, ghosts are so tormented they burn with spectral fire that ruins structures and lives. Follow us for more on the TTRPG about loss and hope. Um, there's not too much about this yet. The Kickstarter has not launched yet. Um, but challenge fate and make impossible choices as you exercise or empathize with the inferno powered ghosts. I think it's just like a very novel idea for a setting. I can really see that popping up in something like Elden Ring or like Dark Soulsy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't 
don't know about having it be its entirely own TTRPG. I love that idea in another one, but prove me wrong. Um, Burn Away, a TTRPG about loss and hope from the ashes. Comes from Ornamental Productions. I have the link to the Kickstarter below, but that's about all there is on it. But I am intrigued. I um, am always down for new ways to like make um, like undeath and ghosts like different and more yeah. interesting. So this yeah. looks really cool. Yeah, like, as a premise. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. idea behind. Like I said, like I'd love to see that just like in D and D as as its own. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Um, but mm-hmm. anyways, moving on. Um, this comes from Pretty Boy or at uh, Bree Balagot, Brian Balagot, the full name, Trident Games. I love this pitch. It's very reductive, but I love it. Um, Mighty Wings, a four-hour Top Gun meets D&D adventure for characters levels one through four. Um, They they have a couple other adventures, too, that they plugged. You Are My Sunshine, a four-hour epic space adventure for characters uh, level 11 through 16. But uh, they're best-selling adventures. They've won several medals medals, uh, already. But check out Mighty Wings over on DMs Guild. I don't know anything, but I love the idea of Top Gun meets D&D. <laughs> like, that's so great. amazing. That's a great pitch, yeah. Uh, having just watched Top Gun Maverick again this week, I've seen it like nine times, but uh, I was very excited to see that. I love dogfighting games. Century of Ashes is one of my favorite um, games to play right now. It's like a dragon dogfighting game. Um, this one looks like it is like Eberron inspired, like you're actually in a ship, but I would love to see those mechanics kind of carry over to being dragons instead. Maybe a missed opportunity there, um, Brian, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, are you oh my God, two the cover in- art is so, is so it's top, just gun. top Gun. It's, it's just Top Gun. It's just Tom Cruise. You just put Tom, Cru- Tom Cruise next to a Kenku, and I'm not mad about it. Not- and also Falcon, Star <laughs> 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 Fox. Oh, okay, fine, sure that too. But I saw Kenku. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, do, are you two interested in checking out Mighty Wings? You want to play this adventure? I, I love the concept. I think <laughs> I've never hilarious. seen Top Gun, and I've never, I've never really, really seen a Tom Cruise action movie, honestly. Because I'm not just a big, I'm just not a big action movie person. Yeah, the concept looks super fun. Top Gun One and and Top Gun Maverick, they're they're very they're action movie affairs. Top Gun Maverick is one of the best like oh nostalgia sequels, you know, like the ten years oh, later sure, type yeah. thing. I heard I heard that yeah. Yeah, it was like it's very like like well executed. Like I was really surprised mm-hmm. by how good it was because like I I've seen the first Top Gun a couple times. Like it's not the best film ever. It's fun. It, it's basically propaganda the movie um but of like there's parts of it that hold up but like what they do with it, i was like i was impressed um and as much as tom cruise probably terrible person let's be honest still a movie star um still can carry a movie but you know uh throwing that in there i was looking at the the actual page for it they use spell jammer mechanics so that's yeah, where the space spell jammer combat for characters of levels one to four well, shit. Sorry, I had to go away from the mic. I was still listening, but my dog was was barking at something. Um, but yeah, like so, the spell jammers thing makes way more sense because I was expecting to see dragons, but spell jammer uh, combat and uh, probably has better rules than the official spell jammer book. So let's be honest. Go check out my <laughs> It's uh, a spell jammer adventure in an original wild space system. Yeah, excited. Um, yeah, check it out. Uh, oh, I didn't get a price on that. Does anyone have that still up? Um, oh, I got it there. Uh, four dollars. Yeah, four dollars. Yeah, very affordable. Do it, you coward. 
<laughs> Sorry, moving on. Um, just yelling at people on here. Uh, the Lugon Project. Um, this is available on Kickstarter, or maybe it's about to launch. The Lugon, the Grand Cross of Four, a unique and thrilling high fantasy setting for use with D&D 5e and Pathfinder 1e, which is interesting, not 2e, uh, combining evolution, ecology, and epic magic. Um, wonder how long they were working on that, that it's only uh, in Pathfinder 1e, which is really interesting. Um, you don't see many uh, new things coming out for that. Um, mm-hmm. The Kickstarter is up right now. You can back it for $20 or more, I believe, and get everything that's on there. Um, uh, what to expect out of here? A vast world mixing magic with evolution and ecology. Options for Pathfinder 1E, D&D 5E, and perhaps even more systems. I don't know what that means. Is it or is it not? Available <laughs> for other systems. <laughs> Engaging new systems such as Luganese Alchemy and Boons. Four brand new ways to cast magic. Totaling 100 plus new epic spells. Four new classes. Ten new races. 60 plus thrilling beasts with their own origins, ecology, and lore. Many unique fully fleshed out ecosystems with their unique flora and fauna. I like that idea. I like that bent on like aiming at the, the ecology of the world. And I love mm-hmm. alchemy systems. Um... I've been looking at a few different ones to mix and match because I want to run a Full Metal Alchemist game. Um, maybe something mm. to look into. Uh, it, it's hard because so many, like, by the nature of it being a game and an RPG, so many magic systems are hard-coded, whereas in, uh, they're so hard to reskin to something else, too. So you either go with a soft magic system uh, that doesn't really quite drive with Full Metal Alchemist, which has like specific like runes and spells that get drawn out or you use precise um, measurements for things. Uh, so you'd have to like almost make a game on its own to make it really playable. So I'm interested in this. Lugon, the Grand Cross of Four. Um, are you too interested in the Lugon? I like I also like the concept of ecology and approaching lore from that aspect because that's very unique and I've never really seen that before. Yeah, same. Um, so that's what drew my attention. Also with the alchemy, because alchemy is just a fucking cool ass concept to put in any game. But I agree with like when you see like alchemy in D D, it's very I don't wanna say is convoluted the right word. It is Sometimes it is. I think it sense. is, yeah. Yeah, when you have, like, a world that has, like, ninth level wish spells and you have alchemy, it's just, like, one is clearly more powerful than the other unless <laughs> you really, like, homebrew some stuff. Um, yeah. If you have, like, our alchemy really only exists in 5th edition with artificers, right? And they're not even full alchemists. They have alchemy, so... but it's not, it's just the word alchemy, right? Like, you can't, there's no yeah. codification of it in any of the other levels of the system, so yeah not really yeah you could become an alchemist subclass of the um artificer yeah you can brew potions but like there's so much more to it than that right and yeah there's so much more to alchemy in general than that and so it's very watered down but i think the reason it is is because the system isn't really coded for alchemy no like you said like you can be a wizard and you can like study all these spells or you can be a warlock and someone just hands it to you right and you throw alchemy into that mix you're like i've studied 400 years i can turn gold into lead and you got the cleric going like well i just asked my god for help and they said yes (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like it's totally cool if you want to play it that way especially if you have a group of people who are just really good at very specific things or really love RPing out like the alchemy aspect and like how the different powers, you know, jive with each other. So like definitely nothing wrong with it, playing it like how it is like hard written in other systems. But I, it is, I am very curious as to how it would jive, like given more attention in a system 
or in a book like this. I'm right. very intrigued by that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out. Um, who knows? It might be awesome. Um, I, I, just, I don't want to yeah. say I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm like, I haven't played it, so I don't know. Um, definitely interested in checking it out, and it's still available on Kickstarter, so you can check that out at the link below. Um, moving on, we had a couple of artists write in. Um, we're gonna plug at the at the Holy Bro um lynn over there really really cool art hard to plug art on a podcast so check that out on the the tweet thread um at cave trolls pod it is cool art very very neat i don't know how to describe it to you (laughs) in a way that you would entertain um there was also a few different dice creators um that added their stuff on here i can bring that up um again i can plug it here i can say hey they make dice but uh hard for me to uh describe it other than they're good looking dice man <laughs> um they are shiny click flags um collection um but moving on from that we have me myself and die um me myself and die is a fully produced multicam youtube show we're at voice actor uh at voice at hashtag voice actor i'm reading from the, t- <laughs> from the tweet my old man speak trevor duvall plays solo style ttrpgs taking the roles of both the player and the game master in randomly generated adventures i watched a few it's very entertaining uh very off the wall, very different than any other actual play that you're going to see. So definitely check that out. I was really interested in that. Um, I didn't see which solo RPG specifically they were playing though. Um, I'd be interested if they're going to check out some of the solo RPGs that we have talked about on the show, like Colossal or Cosmic Latte or any of those. Uh, But uh, I'm I'm going to message them because I want to talk to them. I don't know if we can get them on the show. We haven't done interviews really on this show, but the concept had me intrigued. I hadn't seen a lot of that stuff for actual plays, so had me interested. Did you two watch any of that stuff? No, I haven't, but I, I lo- I'm looking at the concept, and it does look super interesting. Yeah, I was just, like, really like, impressed. I'm like, that's such a novel idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very different from other people, and I... If it works, like, it works. And based on what you said, it works really well. So I'm very intrigued to check it out now. Yeah, I haven't watched all of it. So I'm like, I'm, I, I can't go, oh, it never fails. But I'm like, it was a, it was novel enough that I was like, I want to watch more of this. <laughs> like, it was kind of yeah. caught me off guard. Because I was like, oh, someone's doing an actual play. I felt bad. I kind of wrote it off. And I watched it. I was like, no, no, this is fucking fascinating uh uh, mark my words it's gonna get huge and uh they'll never talk to us because they'll be too big uh um next up so i had dice and other stuff on here uh carly seichen one of the people i mentioned they make dice and uh they work with you to create bespoke dice um and they play some actual plays you can follow them at carly steichen s-t-e-i-c-h-e-n and carly is c-a-r-l-e-y um it's in the link below but check that out i really wish i could plug it they do make cool dice i did like them i didn't think they were bad clicky clacks i just don't know how to plug it here um and then arcane spectacles uh, at Arcane Spectacle, they do some cool stuff for the holidays. They do uh, ornaments uh, featuring the names of your party members and your party name. Um, and they do other D&D gifts to memorialize your current campaign. Um, and they do custom wrapping. So if you're looking for that, that is something that I target at the holidays because I don't have time nor skill nor interest to wrap presents correctly. Shardays received some <laughs> gifts from me. I, she knows I don't wrap things well. You just give it to me. So it's just and easier. 
fine. sometimes, man. Like it's, honestly, like it's just easier. Like I'm the same way at this point. Like, save, save the damn tree, man. Save the trees. Save the wrapping paper. Well, just like hand it over. Give I me. Mean, give me. I mean, I wrap mine in a newspaper. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice. I used to do that. And my wife yelled at me. She was like, don't do that. Because I, I think it was like specifically for the kids. And she's like, listen, oh, yeah. I understand yeah. it's good for the environment, sense, yeah. but uh, don't do that. Um, yeah, I'm not good in my household anymore. My sister is uh, 20. So uh, <laughs> she's a, a kid at heart. I know she she grew, she she grew up with people who are older than her, so she's really mature. Whereas I'm really immature because I grew up with people younger than me. Yeah, so. my sisters were like I'm I'm, I'm the actual child. Uh, <laughs> the I, older. The quote is here, Lissa's sister. If you're listening, you can use it. She's the actual child. She said it on here. <laughs> Your next she would, argument. Would 100 agree. <laughs> I, my sisters were uh, nine and 12 years older than me. Um, but they were also immature and I learned nothing. So I am just also immature. Yeah. She's uh, nine years younger than me. Oh she's... man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, <laughs> let's do another deep dive. Um, we're on, we're on, we're, on, we're peeling back the layers of Lissa today. Yeah, we're like an onion. Yes. Like uh, an onion. diving hippo like studio. <laughs> God damn it. At diving hippo stud is the name of this company. I stud is just, and it's meant to be short for studio, but it just makes me think of studly stone. And I apologize, but oh, I'm God, thinking of that Twitter why. post that you sent me. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck that guy. But no, diving hippo no. studio, no relation. Um, what do we got here we've got about a week left on their kickstarter it's gonna be too late i apologize that's just not the way our show posts diving hippo studio i apologize but they have a handmade chinese zodiac gemstone dice available on their kickstarter the link is there maybe you can purchase it maybe they have a late backers maybe they reach their goal and you can jump in and do other stuff uh they are cool looking dice but it will be too late to be an early backer on that one uh so no, i apologize just, just follow us on twitter um we, yeah. we post all the things yeah follow us yeah, on twitter yeah, damn yeah, it yeah realist i can spring these yelling really really people. big episodes on us i'm it's too late all right we were lying i was yelling all sorts of shit <laughs> <laughs> comes out and this is one of the few like official official ones um we have one more after this um that that came out not from the community but chronicles of eberron uh if you don't know eberron is another official setting for 5e and as well as just D in general eberron's been out since 3.5 but it's like they're almost futuristic setting so a little bit more final fantasy i would say if you had to compare it to something than just straight up a high fantasy so you have a lot more machines and magical machines mechs and laser guns and constructs it's one of my favorite settings i i really enjoy the the products that came out for it and the original designer is putting out a new book um dnd is you know hasbro from up top yelling at magic the gathering put out more products put out that assassin's creed set they're doing the same thing to DD. put out that shit we have stuff for so you know you're getting dragon lance books and now you're getting eberron too don't be surprised if we see a dark sun announcement on the horizon soon which is another old DD setting if you don't know mm. um but i'm excited for it i don't know i might be the only one but chronicles of eberron um is going to offer a deep dive into the science magic universe do you two care about eberron at all I mean, as a and d world, we haven't really dived too much into it on Slovenly Trolls, but it has come up a couple of times. Ooh, so it's got to spill a tea. What's fucked up about Eberron? This is like part no, of my childhood. No, nothing. No, no, no. Oh, like, okay. it hasn't come nothing up yet. Oh, no, I was like, oh, God. Like, no, I'm sorry. It uh, uh, That was, yeah, my bad. Uh, it's only really come up when at least 
when I've seen it, when I've done doing research on gods, I just know of the pantheon and like, like they they have their own pantheon. They do have their own. They do have their own pantheon. Um, I've always cheated a little bit. I've always loved the stuff that came out from Eberron. I've played several campaigns in Eberron, but I always just use their stuff to make my own bespoke settings for D anD. d Um, because I always had like I grew up playing Final Fantasy, so that machinery or sciency bent yeah. has always been a part of a lot of my worlds. So I just stole a lot of the Eberron tech and and put it in there. Um, I've run a few whole like uh like mecha games using the rules from Eberron, and people put out some really cool supplements for it. So it's a really cool setting and. It's just different enough from base yeah. D or forgotten realms really um that it's like playing a new flavor so i always recommend it 4e was where i played most of it uh but they definitely have stuff for 3.5 i'm excited for them to be bringing it into fifth edition uh because that's yeah. something fifth edition's kind of lacked other than like third parties they officially haven't put out a lot of settings for it they kind of focus Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Are uh, you two going to check out Eberron? I know you said that you were kind of interested. I I would love to check out Eberron because I I want to know more about the different settings because all most of the knowledge that I have right now is Veron Realms. I know a little bit about Dragonlands, a little bit about Greyhawk, and I think the least about Eberron of all the official settings which i know there are more than those as well yeah. but those are the ones that continually come up at least in pantheonic research and overarching D research eberron is a name that's come up a lot and i'd love to look more into it not just for, through a critical eye but just like just to see what it's about you know because yeah. i don't know much about it and i like the premise of it being like that final fantasy science tech but also magic vibe it sounds just different enough but not like too out there that i don't know i i'm intrigued i would love to do a crossover episode because obviously like, you don't do guests on slavenly trolls and i don't know if i would do the level of research to ever do it but i'd love to do a crossover <laughs> episode where we can get into the history of some of those other settings that i played back in the day yeah and i would love to hear yeah, you guys just take on something like dark sun because that has so many problematic things but also it's just mm -hmm. because it's a really dark and fucked up setting like Mm -hmm. most races are cannibals in that setting like oh just, god it's like it's because it's just it's like a post-apocalyptic world so it's like there's there's so many things from back in the day where i'm like i'd love to hear you two talk about these things or just learn about it <laughs> like you see. Us yelling about why is this a thing yeah we i would love i would love to see this. that um like we're doing research for our most recent episode and i i ran into this demon lord thing that we'll be talking about on our next episode i'm like why is this even a thing why did you even feel the need to create this like how i guess there are more people fucked up than i am i didn't realize that i'm sorry what is this every time uh every time we bring up any of like the outer realm stuff um in our current campaign and my wife asks me she's like can you explain any of these to me i'm like you don't want me to like i don't you don't want me to get into this like if you think i'm fucked up like know that i like i tone everything down because i am a parent and like there's some people just like no 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 i have no qualms let's do this i have no one to impress i have no one to scare like, i don't give a shit what you think and those people yeah. have some unhinged ideas uh there's a lot of D and D writers that just watched uh, Hellraiser, and they're like, "Yeah, I can do that. That sounds good. Let's do that." <laughs>
Um, anyways, uh, about the Eberron book. So this is pretty fascinating. So the 207 book is said to delve deeper into the lore of Eberron's world for use by dungeon masters running campaigns in the universe, as well as using all of the spells, monsters, all of the other mechanics to use in your games. But the interesting part of all of that is publishing the book is together studios, the studio co-founded by Baker, the creator of the original game and designer Jennifer Ellis with this being another third-party offering rather than a direct Wizards of the Coast release. So Wizards of the Coast is not necessarily behind this. Um, probably some sort of licensing deal there. I don't know who owns the rights to Ebron, if Baker actually has it, um, and they just published it before. But that's really interesting to me. Um, again, similar to that Dragonlance book we were just talking about. So interesting seeing people play fast and loose with this stuff. Again, I'm sure this is on the up and up, but you can buy it on Dungeons & Masters Guild rather than D&D Beyond. Um, and with that being said, this is kind of what we talked about a few weeks ago with D D potentially changing their open license, right? When you have things that are yeah. like associated mm -hmm. with wizards of the coast yeah. and now a third party is publishing it just, you know, willy nilly basically, which this is not willy nilly Baker created the original setting. Um, it makes sense. Um, and all, all of the other source books and modules they put out, it might even have been never official from Wizards of the Coast. It was just always Baker, necessarily. I don't know. I was young when I bought them. Um, but it's that kind of it's this kind of conversation it's this thing right here where we go oh wizards put that out that's not a thing that they want if they don't have control over it they don't want to be associated with something that could potentially uh be a backlash and they also don't want things coming out that we go oh that's definitely them and them not get money for it so this this exact situation is why you're seeing a potential change to that open license mm-hmm but, uh, but yeah, uh, very, very interesting. Uh, anything else before we move on to the last game? No, I think no, you basically covered it. So. I just, I wish I had more to say about Eberron, but I just don't know. About yeah, that. you just don't know about it, which is completely fair. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys to know about it so we can play some Eberron shit. Um, I played a Final Fantasy VII uh, game that was homebrewed through the Eberron mm -hmm. settings. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Very easy to do. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um there's some official final fantasy rpgs they're just not good um <laughs> anyways <laughs> a lot of good got a lot of good fan made stuff in in like uh d20 modern and stuff like that anyways though moving on to the last one gloomhaven official rpg i was very excited to see some people involved with the official gloomhaven rpg respond to your tweet uh Alyssa, and put this out because you know like what are the cool products you're working on they're like this one have you ever heard of this i'm like yeah the biggest board game in the entire world yeah i've oh, heard no, of this, it this one wasn't part of the uh, twitter thread oh uh, it just came in some, someone else was excited about it is that what it was yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. i was still either way i was so excited because number one i was excited because i thought that they were responding but number two i didn't know they were making this and i fucking love gloomhaven so i was yeah. just very excited yeah, I have a friend who's super into Gloomhaven, and um, she's been telling me all about it, and I've been trying to get myself into doing and playing Gloomhaven. Do you have so it? So when I saw that, I do not, no. Uh -huh. um, I, but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, she would be so interested in this, and then I picked it up, and I was like, Terry, Terry, we need to talk about this. <laughs> we do need to talk about it. <laughs> so Gloomhaven, if you don't know, is one of the coolest fucking board games ever. It's not the first one to do any of the things it's done, necessarily, um, but it does it the best, in my opinion. So you have a board game, it, it um, 
kind of is a D&D like board game where like you play as a character class and you go into dungeons and you fight monsters whatever class you pick you have a deck of cards and those are the moves that you do as you move around the dungeon um but it, the way that it automates the game like it'll say like the game master set up this skeleton here and these are the things that the skeletons do on its turn so it almost simulates playing D&D but you can play it completely by yourself if you don't have friends to play like you can play multiple characters in the dungeon and follow the instructions and play through it and when you win the win like the dungeon or go through you get the loot it'll say hey draw this many cards open up this box inside of your of your gloomhaven chest and you go and it'll be a sealed little box and it'll have a few rewards maybe you'll unlock a new class you could potentially play and you then unlock that box and then it'll say hey you gain this piece of information put this sticker at this marker on your map and now there's a new dungeon unlocked for you and it kind of simulates like a video game it's so fucking cool um one of my favorite experiences ever and it's kind of like a living board game too. And you pull it back out, that map is still unlocked. Like that party can still go on those adventures. I yeah. just, I've never played anything like it at the time. Um, you can play the digital version of it. Like it's pretty good. It simulates it exactly the same. I would say the magic's not quite there because if you're going to play it digitally, yeah. you might as well go play divinity kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it is still really neat. It's also a lot cheaper. <laughs> you can buy the the digital version pretty cheap. The mm-hmm. um, retail version of the board game is still hovering around hundred dollars. And at mm-hmm. one point, the peak of it, I couldn't get a copy. I almost paid three hundred and fifty dollars for it. So it was kind Ooh, of rare man. at the time. Yeah, and it's Ameritrash gaming. Like, there's a lot of bits and bobs. You got tons yeah. of figures and and shit, and they they pop out tokens. But it's really cool. I love it um highly recommend have you two uh looked into it at all i know Lisa, you said that you were thinking about trying it out sharday mm-hmm. what about you oh me i thought this <laughs> was gonna talk about more <laughs> sorry um i i've known of gloomhaven for a while i think i knew of it because i saw the steam version of it and it's mm-hmm. been on my wish list because it just looked super cool um, and I'm, I was looking for another like kind of tactical rpg fight like game to kind of you know, distract myself from the world. And, um, and then I realized that um, a friend of mine has Gloomhaven, but I don't, I don't know if he's ever played it or not <gasps> because it's just kind of sitting in his basement. <gasps> I know. So I've seen it like when I'm at his house and I'm just like, that's the game. Okay. So it's a board game. Okay. So the board game came first and it, it's like this recent, like I just figured out its existence. I didn't really know what was about, but your pitch makes it sound fucking rad as hell. It, not, is, it is. I so love. Rad. I love board games, but like, I always feel like whenever I play board games with people, I get really self conscious if like everybody else knows how to play, and I do not know how to play because I feel like I bog it down because <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's happening and I'm sorry. <laughs> so like it's a, a, yeah, I get very self conscious with like, and I would assume like new TTRPGs too. Like that's that's probably also going to happen I'm yeah just, yeah i yeah i'm, I'm yeah. excited to, to to finally break you of that when we play things for the flood and you're like oh other games are just easier than dnd <laughs> um but but yeah like uh what i recommend is you steal their copy of gloomhaven and then come over we'll play it oh okay cool i will um i'll form a heist you just go in, the, if will. they've never opened it they're not gonna miss it it's fine just go take it <laughs> I actually don't know. It, it, I never, like, inspected it. I don't know if it has the plastic still on it or anything. I just remember seeing it, like, in their basement somewhere, and they never brought it up. 
Or maybe they did bring it up. Well, I don't know. That's I'll license to, to steal. It's license to steal. It's fine. Go license take it. License to steal, sure. But anyways, the RPG is coming out. It's been announced. It's going to launch in April of 2023. Um, and it's coming with miniatures. A full-on thing is going on with this. I, I don't know what to say other than be excited. There's not a lot of details on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so what do they say but this isn't just board game with a GM first of all we've opened up the playing field to allow for any class and ancestry combination so already a little bit more uh, like of an open version because like they have specific class and race combinations in the game like in the board game version um, you basically play a specific character kind of thing uh, so they're, they're opening it up to be a little bit more of an RPG um, I don't know what kind of system they're doing but they do have card sets so it might be a little bit of a combination of you still using a similar deck type uh, mechanic. Uh, this is all just a little bit of conjecture, but they also have some Frosthaven miniatures in here, which is another like spinoff of Gloomhaven in like a Frost-like setting. So um, I'm just very excited. I don't know what else to say about it. Go check this out uh, if yep. you're interested, and if you get to play test it or anything, you know, you know our fucking Twitter. You hit me up, <laughs> it, and we'll talk about it. And if you do it and you don't talk about it, you're dead to me. Wow. You hear me? Wow. That's extreme. Um, we got a late edition. Uh, I have uh, breaking news. This comes from Melissa. <laughs> um, uh, Megan J, DM and podcaster. Never heard of him. At Miss Megan J over on Twitter. <laughs> Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything Revised is now available on DM's Guild with the first level bonus adventure. Champions of Kryn included. Dragonlance, if you don't know. Um, absolutely everything you need to play a 5th edition Dragonlance campaign. Links in the comments. Man, Dragonlance apparently, apparently popular with this fucking Dragonlance. Popping off, yeah. <laughs> um, but go check that out over on DM's Guild. Excited. Always support Megan's shit. Do it, you cowards. Um... <laughs> And let me know what you think of it, because I haven't played this either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yelling yeah, at a lot of people today. I think I think it's published by um, Dragonlance Nexus, or they're part of it. Yep. I think that's what it was, yeah. That's awesome. Hell yeah. A lot of Dragonlance stuff. That's exciting to see that coming back. That was a thing. I, when I got into D&D, it was 3.5, height of Forgotten Realms, height of Ari Salvatore writing and stuff. Um, and Dragonlance was kind of the old news at that point. Um, and there were so many of my friends who had been playing D&D for a lot longer, a lot of my older friends, that was their thing, right? Like, I knew Ari Salvatore, but they knew you know weiss and uh hickman and they love Dragonlance, and i was like i don't know anything about it um so it's really cool to see them get their due and it's coming back and i know there's issues with it but it is exciting that people are getting more of the setting that they love so that's kind of cool yeah 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 yeah. and they're getting more books i i I understand too so uh it'd be interesting to see it with a modern bent same writers but you know uh old dogs can learn new tricks so we'll see (laughs) Is that, is, that, is that offensive? I apologize. I have no idea. <laughs> you're, you're laughing at me. I'm like, no, I'm just like, I do not know either. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I agree. Like, old old dogs can learn new tricks. I say as I pet yeah. my old puppy. Uh, he's a big dummy, but uh, but it is it is cool to see them returning there, even if it's not necessarily my thing. It's cool for other people to have their thing. Speaking of their thing, Charday, what have you been doing lately? Um, oh man, that isn't D and D related. Oh, that isn't D&D related shit. Um, so I ha- I watched, I binge watched Wednesday, the Netflix show. What'd you think? 
didn't like it very much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Like, I mean, I liked Jenny Ortega. Like, she was great. Yeah, in, um, that's part of the show. In that's X, part of the and show. like, she embodies Wednesday. But I feel like Tim Burton just didn't understand what the fucking yes, Adams family's about, man. Like, Which is strange. This is Tim Burton. But I was telling, I'll give the TLDR of what I gave to Lissa because she asked for my opinions. Well, I I asked her if she was gonna watch it. And if she wanted spoilers, and she's, I think, what did you say? It was like, your expectations are already on the floor. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, pretty much. I have very, because I've been, I've been spoiled um, mm. on other people's opinions of it. So my expectations yeah. were really low at that point because of all, everything I'd heard. And then I just wanted Charday's uh, point blank opinion on it as confirmation. <laughs> Yeah, so the TLDR I gave her is that it'd be like a decent or a more decent show bordering on good if it wasn't about Wednesday Adams. Yeah, like it'd be like a pretty, like, I would call it like a good YA, like, you know, that's exactly, Harry Potter that's exactly, type fiction, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I told Lissa. It would be a good show, like a better show on the CW. <laughs> yeah, like it's like, but oh, there's a school that has werewolves and vampires. Yeah. Like They yeah. had that scene where it's like, those are the jocks, they're werewolves. And I was like, okay, this is one of those dumb scenes, it's fine. That's I, I, None of my problems are that. It's that the people writing this are like, yeah, what if the Adams family had like interpersonal problems? Yeah. I'm like, th that's the exact but opposite of what the Adams yeah. family is. But they don't usually. And if they do, it's over something super trivial. Like in the musical, it's over Wednesday bringing home a boy or like something really stupid that's not like, I have resentment for my mother. No, which like, is kind of an overarching. It's so stupid. Like, it. one of my favorite episodes of the original, um, like the, the TV show, the sitcom version, was. Uh, um, Gomez thinking that uh, Morticia's gonna leave him for like her new friend and he's gonna kill himself because he loves her and he, he just wants her to be happy with this new guy and it's just all about the different ways he's been trying to kill himself and failing because he just wants her to be happy and if he's not what's gonna make her happy anymore he doesn't need to live anymore she can go be with him and it's like this really sad like sweet like so episode macabre. so macabre but that's that's yeah. them right and like yeah. the first two minutes of when I'm gonna spoil the first two minutes you find out that she has a superpower and she's keeping Keeping it a secret from the family, which is the exact opposite dumb. of anything that in the Adams family would do. Yeah. And I was and like, like, this is so dumb. This is not and bad. And it turns out, oh, Morticia had the same power. I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like, this is so weird. And it would have been fine if it wasn't the Adams family. And like, the best thing about the show was definitely Jenny Ortega. She was fantastic. No like shade to her she understood the assignment and yeah and everybody else i was like day. obviously there's smaller parts of it but they're like passable you know as those roles like like i was really yeah. excited to see some of the people that they had cast in there like luis guzman I, i'd watch him in anything and him being gomez i'm like oh that's kind of inspired and then it's like well they, this is kind of a silly thing but then they made the then they, they made gomez like useless yeah like again like why does this need weird. to be a y series where she goes to a school yeah like, I, like, I don't know and like maybe know. they're just trying to bring the Adam the adams family to a new generation whatever but like i just think it could have been done in a completely different way it could have been a good show if it wasn't about the adams family yeah. but it's i watched the whole thing and i i don't know if i'll watch a second season if slash when it gets greenlit for one um but yeah that's i i did that recently as that always i think PSA. tim burton is is overrated and has been for a long time and i don't i don't think he gets yeah, most his of the reason stuff done. definitely 
Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, Jenny Ortega is always awesome. Her dance moves also fire. Um, <laughs> if you if you want to see her in a better thing, go watch X. It's fucking amazing. One of my favorite movies I'd seen in a long time. If you like horror movies, I know you don't, so don't watch it. I do sure. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So there's that. Lisa, what about you? You been doing anything cool? Um, I just finished watching Inside Job, the second season. Of oh, it I've had a few people recommend that. Uh... It, oh my God, it broke me. Um, I was crying <laughs> last night. Um, and it, Alex Hirsch, right? But, That's who the creator is. Uh, Created by Shion Takeuchi. Oh, I might be thinking of the wrong Correct. thing. Uh, I'm thinking of the right show, but I don't know why I thought Alex Hirsch was involved. Alex Hirsch created oh, wait, uh, Gravity is, Falls. He acts as a showrunner. Oh, he's a showrunner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Didn't create it, but but it was the showrunner. Yeah. I was like, thought he was involved somewhere, but that's cool. Yeah, but like the first five to ten minutes of the first episode was so good. I messaged my friend because I somebody recommended it to me um, yesterday or during D&D. And... I, I went and watched it and in the first five to ten minutes I was like I was just like oh my god this is so good and I messaged her and then when like six hours later I'd finished watching the entire sheet season because I binge watched it <laughs> and was crying I was like oh was this the second season that you binge watched uh yeah so yeah the second season okay I, I still haven't watched season one but yeah the first season's pretty good too I don't remember I don't remember it being bad. Um, I don't remember it being like necessarily like mind-blowingly good either. Okay. But the second okay. season is exceptional. Okay. Well, can, can you give a like a great. pitch on it other than the dude who created Gravity Falls works on it? Um, it's about a really fucked up uh, shadow company. So the world has shadow companies and. Uh, as is one of real them, life one of them is the company that this main character works at um and she builds robots um and they're always uh part of you know making things that fuck up the world sure nefarious <laughs> you know, in, in terms of politics in terms of like um climate events that happened and big events that happen around the world and they're always somehow behind it and try to stop you know chaos from happening um there's also references to the illuminati um there's also the catholic church is part of the shadow (laughs) government as is real life Uh uh-huh and you know it's just very like tongue-in-cheek uh makes fun of shadow governments and conspiracy theories I watched about family first... relations. Yeah, I watched the first episode of it, or maybe the first two, and I d- I didn't finish it, and I can't remember why. So I'll give it a second shot since you gave it such a glowing review. A lot of my second friends that love Gravity great, Falls yeah. were, were like are always recommending it to me, and I I love Gravity Falls. And I love Alex Hirsch. Um, I just never got a chance to, like to, to sit down and watch it, and never get around to it. And of course, it was like the other night we saw that season two it came out. My wife goes, "We should give Wednesday a shot," and I was like, "You're right." Like we both love Adam's Family, and you know what happened? We watched it Wednesday, and I'm like, "This is awful." We ended up watching Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. They still hold up. Go watch those instead. Um, but then we didn't watch Inside Job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I got to go check that out now. It's just like a longer, longer list of things that I have not been able to see. <laughs> Always. Like, I, I feel like for TV shows, movies, and games, like my list grows faster than I can keep up. And actual plays, like I'm so behind on all the actual plays that I follow. Like it's, 
it's a lot maybe hopefully i'll catch up on our break during the holidays i watched the maybe. the first episode speaking of actual plays the first episode of the never after over on uh, <gasps> how Dropout. is it it's really good i really enjoyed it way darker than normal um not obviously bad. it's the first episode it's not gelling as as much yet because it's you know it's the first mm-hmm. and they're all coming together really Fear different bearing, flavor yeah. for everything but uh mm-hmm. if you like dimension 20 stuff it's the core cast uh I didn't like it yet as much as I loved uh, um, uh, Starstruck, which has been my favorite mm-hmm. so far. That that one was so perfect. But it's really cool and way darker. Lissa, you got to go. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, I do. All right. Bye, Lissa. I'll, I'll plug bye, all Lisa. your stuff. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, I forgot she had a heart out. And I also do. So I, I need also- to get going, too. I totally forgot because yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I was Lissa's only friend, and then it turns out she has plans tonight, and now I'm very sad. Turns out she's got other ones. Uh, but uh, hit me up. Uh, me and John were trying to make plans. We'll make uh, we'll make some stuff happen soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> let's, but, make, let's, let's do a thing. Yeah, let's hang out with other people since Lissa is cooler than us. Um, yeah. But uh, we can make our own club, Lissa. You don't that, need you. That's right. You need her so bad though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Cave Trolls Pod. Uh, Lissa runs that over there. She's also mm-hmm. on the Slovenly Trolls with Charday. Charday, uh, go ahead and plug Slovenly Trolls and all of your stuff. Yeah, we do the podcast, the Slovenly Trolls, where we do a monthly podcast deep diving into some aspect of D and D lore or history or tomfoolery and look at it from a feminist perspective and encourage everybody to do better yeah damn it because damn it's the word of the day apparently do better damn it (laughs) what's what's, uh twitter for that one for slovenly trolls it's at slovenly trolls i run it it's a great time um we've been getting a lot more um misogynists on our twitter recently which has been really fun interesting interesting (laughs) yeah yeah weird really fun i see that watch watch that (laughs) <laughs> don't feed them don't feed the trolls but like let them feed our engagement sure. so we can you know no news is good news or no news is good news no 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 such thing as bad press is what i was trying to say no such thing as bad twitter engagement <laughs> yeah 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 gotta feed the algorithm um exactly. but don't be a dick you know <laughs> yeah Christ. number one rule D D. don't be a dick don't number one in life just don't be a dick <laughs> it's not that hard it's not really not. um but yep so go check that out you can find me here or at right in the fields um new season coming out next year keep an eye out for it or an ear out it's a show that you listen to so keep an ear out um i got some comic books coming out next year but if you want to learn about that you can head on over to my twitter at resident stevel good luck trying to spell that but it's plugged below um (laughs) you can find us all campykillcreations.com where you can get all of this content but if you want to get it early you want to get bonus stuff you want to get all the little goodies we got head on over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations we got early content bonus content lots of awesome stuff over there like shara's lore rewrites where she rewrites the problematic lore of d D&D and I draw some pictures to go along with it. Lisa does the designs for them. And we have our D&D book club show, Bitches and Books, where we go over a book every single month. If you are a Patreon subscriber at the $3 tier, I believe, or above, mm-hmm. you can join us over there. This month we did Ben Riggs Slaying the Dragon, um, The Secret History of TSR, and next month we are doing Redacted. So you can head over to our <laughs> Patreon.com slash Creations and find out more stuff over there. Uh, anything else to plug before we go, Shar? Um, no. 
<laughs> I thought I had something, but it flitted away like a little butterfly. Um, so no, I think I think that's it. I think that's everything. I think that's it, and I think that's it for us for the year. Whoa, Whoa. crazy, crazy! It's been crazy. crazy. Oh, you know what? Let me just do my little decoder ring here, and I'll give the final word. It says, "Drink more Ovaltine." So that's our final message. Nice. Drink more Ovaltine. Uh, (laughs) We have been the Cave Trolls, and we're out. Okay, now comes that special time of the podcast where we get to thank our Patreon producers. You keep the lights on, you keep the mics rolling, and really you make it possible to do all of this. We want to give a special shout out. Thank you to the Lorax who gets two special shout outs because I also thank you for speaking for the trees. We also have Jeremy Raymond. Raymond, thank you. Trellbot, the Highlander, thank you so much for being our first one and only, and then now in a group of four, but still thank you for being a Patreon producer. And finally, Kim Winson, thank you so much for being our Patreon producers. We appreciate you, and we owe everything we do to people like you. Um, I was trying to sound like the PBS thing, you know, paid for by viewers like you. I don't think I can quite pull it off. I haven't been watching enough Sesame Street lately, so that's what I'm going to go work on now.